going. That's outstanding. Like a farmer in his field. We are an ecosystem of things and ideas. I could think up some more big words like portmanteau and soliloquy. My middle name is innovation, and my other middle name is paradigm shift. Carry on, James. Carry on. We're going to serve up some juicy stories like a hot plate of pancakes. All right, it's time for another edition of the Channel Futures podcast, Coffee with Craig and James. I'm the editorial director of Channel Futures, Craig Galbraith. Joining me, as always, our senior news editor, Mr. Anderson, Mr. James Anderson. James, how are you? Hey, Craig. I'm in a great state this morning, feeling happy, feeling like a beautiful, big, beautiful world we get to be part of, get to be making podcasts in it metaphorically drinking coffee although we don't ever film ourselves drinking coffee with you craig i had coffee i had coffee this morning for sure did you yes but that's i feel i i kind of two years into this podcast i picked up on the rule like we never show ourselves drinking coffee (laughs) like it's a banned substance on the actual video it is a bit ironic uh don't you think Uh, for sure it is but i like that how are you uh, I'm doing well. So, James, I can't help but notice, um, you know, you're, you're subtly rubbing it in my face. Our, our two teams uh, faced off here a couple weeks ago in the national championship game. And uh, you were the winner. Congratulations to you. Um, it was it, It's actually been rougher for me and Washington fans that uh, rougher than actually losing the game was then losing our coach two d- days later and then seeing our entire roster decimated in the uh, transfer portal. So uh, <laughs> I, I thought losing the game wasn't wasn't good, but uh, it's gotten worse since then. But uh, again, congratulations to you and all, all the Michigan fans out there. I'm sorry, Craig. Um, don't mean to rub it in. You all are great sports about it. Um, and I told this to you yesterday, like, on one hand, there's no team I would want. There's no other team I would want to beat in order to win, but there's also no team I wouldn't, but I, I wouldn't want to beat you guys, you know, just yeah. out of sheer respect. And the funny part is I'm, I'm just as confused by that today as I was when we had this discussion. Yes. Yeah, no, I haven't made progress on it. It's like, I want to beat you, but I don't, I don't want to beat. I respect I you so much that I want to beat you, but I also don't, don't want to beat you just out of, out of the, 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 the deep, deep connection that we have. Yeah. You're, you're just such a nice guy. That's the, that's the, that's the no. thing. About it. Yeah, yeah. That's what it comes down to. Uh, all right, James. Uh, so I know that we talk a lot about our events on this podcast. So to shake things up, I thought I would formally kick off our first podcast of 2024 by talking about the Channel Partners Conference and Expo and MSP Summit, March 11th through the 14th in Las Vegas. Just can't get away from it, my friend. Hey, why wouldn't you? It's part of our heritage. It's part of our culture. Part of what makes us part of the channel. It's our, that's our big, that's our thing, you know? It is it's our, our flagship show, Craig. Uh, our flagship, flagship show. That won't be the last time you say flagship on this podcast. I oh, seen. no, write that one down. Yeah. <laughs> Craig, we're going to go, we're going to, you know, go to the Venetian, the ever popular Venetian, which yeah. if we ever go to a different show, we'll say that that's our favorite place. But it, the Venetian, I truly can say now, uh, the powers that be allow me to say, the Venetian is my favorite uh, Vegas hotel to do a conference at. So is that because uh, you you know you like the gondola rides and all the stuff around that? Have you done one of those gondola rides before? Never have. Often I've looked upon them from afar. Uh, <laughs> felt like uh, it's a very it seemed like a very romantic thing. Like you do it if mm. you're making a very romantic gesture. Um, and I, I was, I was typically, uh, uh, you know, unaccompanied or single at the time when I was doing that. So never felt like, uh, the play that I was going to make, it seemed a little, <laughs> a little I, I understand that. 
It doesn't. Yeah. I don't know if it, it 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 feels quite as romantic as like if you were actually in Venice. Sure. I mean, you're there in a casino. You know, you're surrounded by billions of people. Although I guess it would be similarly in Venice, but. I don't know. I've never been to Venice and I uh, haven't done the gondola rides of the Venetian either. So what do I know? Yeah. And also, I mean, I don't know. Are those things like, do they balance well? I guess they balance well. I'd be the first one to, to capsize. You probably would. I have not heard of any incidents like that, but I could see you uh, going crazy and uh, capsizing that thing for sure. Anything's possible. Anything's yeah. possible. All right, so James, I know you've had a chance to look over a uh, part of the agenda, and and you better look over the whole thing, of course, because you never know what you're going to be uh, on stage doing. Uh, what's new this year that you're uh, pumped up about? Craig, that's got to be the AI symposium. Mm -hmm. What's AI, you ask? What's a symposium, you ask? What are they together? Well, that's a series of conference sessions that focus on AI technology business strategies associated with it, customer demands associated with AI, and so on and so forth. But that's all going to start with a keynote session, main stage keynote sessions that's going to serve to pump up the audience, a, a channel debate on Monday morning on the topic, will AI live up to its hype or sizzle? And it's like, it's interesting. We practice this a little bit. It's like a negative sizzling, oh. not like bacon sizzling. Not like bacon? Oh, okay. We're like yeah. fading out sizzling. Oh, that um, makes sense. But anyway, our, our new colleague, Jay McBain of Canalis, is going to lead an awesome discussion that's going to have vendor leaders from companies like Cisco and Lenovo. So, uh one that you, you wouldn't want to miss, something for everybody in there. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about uh, the AI symposium. Uh, you know, 2023, James, seems like it was it was the, a, uh, the year that AI uh, entered the realm of everyone's thinking. And uh, 2024, maybe it's going to be the year that uh, the channel really jumps on board. It could be the year of AI in the channel. What do you think? Could be, Craig. I think it's... Un I think it's uh... People are going to make it happen either way. I um, We're going to talk about it till it happens. Yeah. We're going to lead, we're going to like, lead this venture. Yeah. Well, and the people ask, people ask for stuff about this topic. People ask for that session. Vendors are, have realigned their marketing. So a, a lot of vendors um, are, are saying they're delivering AI. So there's a lot to sort out there. It's very reminiscent of the cloud era. That's yeah. kind of what it was when I when I started in this space in 2015. And there was so much to hash out. It was transformative stuff, but people needed so much education on it. And I also remember SD WAN in the in the telecom world. That was a big thing, but it's the stuff that stuff that people want to talk about. Um, and uh, so bringing in some experts who can help help you wade through some of that stuff. Will be the nice. AI waters wade through them. Mm -hmm. All right. So uh, I got something else for you, James. Yeah, we're going to change up the keynote format a bit. Think faster paced. Mm -hmm. We just talked about the AI debate. Uh, we've also got one on the value of aggregators and how they're changing the value prop. I know that's something you've written a lot about on Channel Futures. Uh, we've also got some newsmaker interviews on stage with execs and the companies that are making headlines. And also new to the keynote stage are our hot data sessions, hot data, James. Leading analysts giving us insights into the hottest data impacting the channel community. It's all about data these days. All about data. And, and it sounds like also conciseness. Sounds like we're shortening up some keynote sessions packing more into, into them and a lot more, I'll say, editorially focused sessions, uh, just trying to extract as much info as possible from these speakers for the sake of the audience. Is that is that what you're dealing, Craig? It is what I'm dealing. Yes, sir. Our amazing event content team, keeping things moving, getting more people from the industry on stage. I heard that I think 20 minutes is the longest uh, session so uh, we're gonna we're gonna really keep this thing moving. 
Uh, now, James, yeah, kind of like that. Yeah. Uh, I know you're not into all this uh, frivolous education no. stuff. Uh, no. You know, it's not your thing. You, you're not into learning learning mm -hmm. new things. I took a you are, you are into partying. I know that. So uh, tell me what's new on that front. Uh, is that my reputation, Craig? <laughs> is, <laughs> I like partying. You know, I will say, like, I, I had an in, I, I, um, I, I only drank like um, three alcohols in uh, Miami last last year. No, for well, good, good for you. Good for you. But Maybe I, you're uh, turning a page. But but I still party. I still party. So th do. there's a duality. So I don't know. We'll see. Maybe I'll drink a bunch of tea this time. I don't know. Anything could, could happen, Craig. But I'm I'm pumped for the parties. I'm 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 not ashamed to admit it. I'm not ashamed of that, of my human nature, Craig. And I, for <laughs> one, am really looking forward to the welcome party at the Brooklyn Bowl. And this is gonna be a chance to see old friends, make new ones, talk about the good old times, plan for the future times. And we're going to have a live band. We got a sneak peek, I'm told, Craig. You told me that. And you said they're pretty good. Yeah, I saw them on social media. Uh, they are excellent. I'm looking looking forward to seeing that band. And thinking about the, talking about the good old days. See, I just had this vision of you striking up a conversation with somebody about SD WAN. Just bringing that up out of the, out of the blue. <laughs> As you said earlier, that was like the, the old days. It was good. Hey, so uh, bowling, you know, there's a bowling alley, too. They go to tunnel lanes. Are you going to do some uh, do some bowling? Are you quite the bowler? What, what's your deal there? You know, it's an on-off relationship with bowling. It's like kind of a meditative practice for me because I am I am bad at it. But it's like a, mm -hmm. it's a practice in conquering my fear. Because you're really, it's, bowling is one of the most naked human experiences there is. Because if you're in a group, you have to go up to that lane alone and the there's the most naked experience in in the human life cycle is when you roll that gutter ball and you have to turn around and make that walk of shame back to where the the new ball is going to pop up yeah. that is a gripping fear for many of us but it's good it's good for the soul i just don't do it unless people tell me to i'm 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 gonna be probably a I'm thinking probably between 90, that'd be my bot, my floor. And I think my ceiling, I think I've hit a 132 before. Um, <laughs> I'm known, I have a style known as T-bowling where my knee ends up on the ground and I kind of use that as a way to center my follow through. Um, yeah. How about you? <laughs> I can't wait to see that. I bowling is one of these funny things to me. I know I will insult all the bowlers out there. And I, I tell a good buddy of ours who is an outstanding bowler that bowling seems like one of those sports that you could just like repeat the motion that you do every time. Right. That's why I can't figure out with bowling. Now I could, I can't do this, but it seems like if you just practice this all the time, you could get it to where you could bowl a, a strike every time. But I know there are all the intricacies of the lanes and how those, the grooves and all the that wind. Sort of, the, <laughs> the wind blowing through the, you know, maybe if it was an outdoor uh, bowling arena, but uh, I don't know. That's my theory. But I know it. It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't work that way. But uh, I don't know. I'm a. I'm a terrible bowler. No, also, I haven't right, picked right. up the a repeat. bowling ball in like ten years. I feel like that repeatability. That is the 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 journey. That's the that's the holy grail for them. But but who can obtain that? It's Technically, you could say that about doesn't. golf too. But there's no way I can swing a golf club the same same way every time. So, but muscle memory. Yeah. Um, yeah, Craig. So this this music thing. Tell tell me more. I'm going back to this one. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk. Let's talk more about music because um, James, I got the inside scoop from our marketing team. Get this: the first ever CP Expo music video is coming out this week. You heard that right? A music video. What is this, Craig? TRL. I feel way cooler. Is it, did you watch TRL, James? I, I didn't expect that reference from you. Totally, totally real lore, baby. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know all about it. TRL. <laughs> I mean, IRL. I watch T, TRL, TB, TBI. 
TBD. Yeah, yeah you, you have never seen it. <laughs> Total yeah. Request Live is what that, that uh, stands for. So yeah. is that where, was that like a, it functioned like a radio show where people called in and said, hey, I want the Beatles, that Beatles music video. Yeah, or, uh, I, I feel like it was the Beatles. I don't think it went back to the <laughs> 60s. Uh, but yeah, it was kind of like that. And they had a live studio audience. Carson Daly, you remember Carson Daly's oh, on the Today yeah. Show now? Today's show. Late night. I don't even know if he has a late night it's show. The microphone. Yep. I'm never up that late. Uh, but he would host it. And yeah, they'd take requests, whether it's from the all the kids sitting around in the audience or, or over the phone. This is, I think, before internet. Anyway, I think that sort of landed in between our two eras of mtv mine was like the alternative nation years and yours was i really have no idea because i haven't watched mtv real years real world well that was kind of goes back to my my years oh, okay. i believe yeah i had pretty it was pretty much when they stopped just showing music videos entirely on the channel i, I think that it's been years it, yeah they stopped talking about the channel that stinks man uh no <laughs> No, they never talked <laughs> about the channel. <laughs> They're referring to the channel on my TV. Never mind. That's just let's just. That's, I'm sorry, man. I I was homeschooled. I did not watch MTV until I I've, I've never really watched MTV. Like probably for me, it made a straight transition to a uh, YouTube. What is it, Vivo? Yeah, I think there's a Vivo. Yeah. Yeah, there's like a Vivo channel and all those videos that are on Vivo on YouTube and so forth. But anyway, I you know we're we're getting off track here. Um, the music video—that's what we should really be focusing on. This music yeah. video is going to be off the chain, lit, groovy. I hey man, I appreciate your attempt to appeal to the demographics. Um, is is lit what you feel that? Um, millennials say or who says that i don't i don't really know somebody told i heard that on tv at once yeah. like a couple of years ago uh, I, mean, so I, yes. I, I love those older ones i love saying groovy and off the chain and yeah um yeah it's good callback so you mentioned that i was trying to appeal to these demographics uh you know from baby boomer boomers all the way to gen z did did it work i just yeah I mean, it's a, it's a symbol, it's a symbol, Craig. And it's like, I know that you're trying and that is what matters the most to me. You know, it's the icon hey, of it all, but uh, yeah, I appreciate it, Craig. And, and I, we hope to see you at the big show. We hope you enjoy um, the various multimedia extravaganzas that are coming your way and to learn more about this show to get registered go through that agenda head over to channelpartnersconference.com it's right there at the bottom of your screen and look for that music video coming up on all your favorite social media channels this week another use of the word channel that means different from both of those other things we discussed it's crazy body of water Oh, there's another one. Now we're at four now. I don't know if I can handle this much longer. Uh, James, why don't we uh, why don't we talk about uh, another thing that we do well, or maybe one thing that we do well on this podcast, and that is have great guests. And we've got one. Oh too. yeah, set it up for us. And we tee people up. That's for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Keith Hockey uh, is an, a technology advisor with a technology advisor firm, so he is a fellow that is working on the ground level, in the trenches, working with customers to get them some solutions sourced through the agent model. He works for a company called Upcala. They recently had me on their podcast and uh, uh, um, and that was a lot of fun. They asked me about like the industry and so felt like it made sense to ask Keith uh, about about what his life is like, what his career is like, and uh, here we go. James, you are in such demand appearing on other people's podcasts. That's pretty amazing. So let's go back to another reference, uh, maybe from back in the day. Roll tape. All right, folks, we're pleased as punch to welcome to the cast today 
Keith Hockey. Keith is a technology advisor working at Opcala. They are a uh, North Carolina. You're you're in uh, Charlotte, right? Charlotte, North Carolina-based technolo- technology advisory firm. Yeah. Um, Opcala, um, four years into the five years. It's going to be the fifth year of the company, right? Yeah. Opcala uh, has been around for over four years now. Uh, and yeah, we'll be coming up on our, our fifth year here soon. And celebrated that um, that fourth year with a appearance in not just in the Inc. 5000, but in the top 100 of the Inc. 5000. Um, so I don't know, lots happened in four years, Keith. I'm wondering if you could tell us a little bit about Opcala, how it started, and just kind of what's how the company got to this point. Yeah, well, I, I really appreciate the opportunity, James and Craig. Thanks for having me on the, the podcast uh, to talk a little bit about Upcala and and where we came from and and where we're headed. Quite frankly, just to uh, guess, rewind four years ago in the the TSD space and the technology advisory space uh, for a large part. When you are a leader of an IT or leader of an IT department. You rely on value-added resellers. You rely on MSPs in some situations, hire consultants for advisory on who's who in the marketplace to solve IT and really more now business problems uh, that have technology solutions to them. And our three founders thought that this this model uh, could be updated and really what we tried to set out set out to do is take the best parts of consultancy and value added reselling and being an MSP and conjoin them into a company that is vendor agnostic vendor neutral like a consultant uh has an ongoing relationship with the customer like an MSP and has access to a broader range of technologies like value-added reseller, conjoined those models, and and so far, it's the market has accepted uh, you know th- this new way of of doing business, and it's catching like wildfire, quite frankly, and it's it's refreshing for a lot of customers when we can deliver. Yeah, yeah. extremely cool. Yeah, I would be interested in, in talking a little bit more about um, the the ways in which. Um, that there are flavors of the value-added reseller and the MSP in, in, in the practice. Sure. Uh, in, in terms of, so, you know, what, what's also interesting is, is we work with all of these companies. We work with MSPs. We're not, we're not actually a competitor. We bring MSPs business. We bring VARs business. We, we also uh, bring a consultant business every once in a while as well. So, uh, I, I guess what what flavors? What what do you mean by that, James? What flavors are you looking for? Um, maybe whether that's in the the type of solutions that you're offering, or the the go to market model in which that's delivered, perhaps. Sure. I thought he was talking about thirty one flavors. I thought he was going down that road, Baskin Robbins. Thirty, yeah. There's, uh, there is about thirty-one flavors uh, of of MSP and and VAR today. Um, so you know, along with 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 those people, those organizations in the marketplace, we also work with the OEMs as well. Uh, we work with a lot of um, managed service providers um, that you know don't offer traditional MSP, but they focus on one particular area. Uh, you know, anything from voice circuits. It's it's really the broad swath of technology solutions that you'll find in an IT department. Mm-hmm. Anything that is is an issue, uh, or or are you you're looking for an update for, or you just want to know is there a better way to do it? Opcala is in a position where we we don't adhere to one particular vendor. We're vendor neutral in that way, and we can come up with customized solutions. To, to problems that one vendor in and of itself 
is not is going to be able to solve and bring them to the table, keep them in their corners, keep them in their lanes uh, more so and deliver for the customer at the end of the day. Very nice. Very nice. So Keith, James uh, told me that, and I haven't listened to it, unfortunately, uh, but I will after we're done here today. Apparently he was on your podcast. He's like moonlighting all over the place here. I, I don't know about that. I think he asked me if it was cool if he was on that podcast and I probably said yes, but I'm still going to give him a hard time. <laughs> um, so he apparently mentioned the dreaded B word, meaning broker on uh -huh. your podcast. So I want to get into the terminology a little bit more. We, we've been talking about it a bit, but as partners like Upcala are, are staying away from words like broker and agent, I, I guess, how would you describe your model to the end user out there? And maybe what's your, I guess, your elevator description? Is that a, a good way to put it, James? Yeah, I was going to say elevator pitch, but elevator pitch yeah. sounds too pitchy. So yeah, right. Uh, it's, it, it, it's, it's funny you mentioned the 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 b the infamous b word the uh, Voldemort uh, of of the IT world in some ways because I used to work for a bar, I used to work for a value added reseller that focused primarily on UC, and uh, they were drifting into contact center toward my my lat the latter part of my tenure and the b word was constantly used and agent was constantly used as a pejorative for our competition, <laughs> and what I've realized. Uh, crossing the, the river uh, in a way. And I, I, I'll separate why we're not a, a broker or an agent in, in just, a, just a moment. But what, what I realized crossing the river after you know spending a little over a year at Akala is I'm, I'm in a position to help a technology leader vastly, vastly better in, in so many more ways and, and, and way faster, way, way speedier, quite frankly, than any var that i've that, that i've i've worked with in the past just by the nimbleness of the way upcala has been designed we you know when when the times change when there that when when there's a, a you know revolution quietly taking taking place in our marketplace we're able to adapt quickly because we don't have the technology debt that a lot of a lot of, of value-added resellers have but there a lot of times is a gap between an oem and delivering the solution. So there, there's certainly a place for professional services and managed services to help bridge that gap. And there are providers that do a great job and we like to bring them into the conversation. Uh, but in terms of a the B word, <laughs> being a, a broker or an agent, Upcala not only you know resells, we also work through the channel and we invest our resources in developing tools and, and, and data sheets to help technology leaders make decisions. So there's one person that can simply pass paper and you know make it, you know, make an introduction and then and then get out of the picture. But we are there from the beginning to the end and hopefully many beginnings as, and, and ends of projects as an escalation path, as as uh, you know, someone that is on your side of the table and and and, and not on the side of the table of of you know the you know wonderful vendors that are that are looking to do business with you, but I think I think it's our tools. It's the tools that we've invested in uh, to to be you know what what you might say kind of a Gartner light in some ways without mm -hmm. having to to pay fifty thousand dollars a year. Yeah, I mean it's cool. I, I I hear that comparison to the research firms being made more and more. It seems like the the folks that that want to say, hey, we're not just we're not just agents here to here to get quotes for you. We're we're advisors, but they they view themselves as more of a, a research platform. Um, I mean, I'm curious, like looking like at the end customers that you've been talking to, both when you were at the VAR and now, like, what differences do you see in the the amount of data or information? that you can provide to them or maybe the amount of data information that they demand and expect now in this day and age, big long question, but take whatever is relevant out of that. Yeah, to you. sure. Uh, in, in the VAR world, you have engineers that understand a skill set and are familiar with the technologies that value added reseller has decided to 
offer their clients. So shifting, you know, turning that ship, uh, it, it, it takes either hiring new engineers or spending a lot of time and money where they're not productive and retraining them. Since Opcala, we don't have engineers that focus on any said technology. Our whole role in this is building a network and understanding who is the best in the space, who's the best to bring into this conversation at this very moment. And frankly, a value-added reseller, if they're trying to do that role, they might be able to go get deeper because they've invested in this particular solution, this particular technology. Um, but then again, you, you know, usually their answers to problems tend to be the solutions that they work with. Mm-hmm. So whenever there's a problem, whenever whenever a there's a, a business issue or that, you know, they're trying to solve, uh, you know, a complicated situation that, that involves human personnel. Uh, they have their, their boat, they have their, their select ship, and those are going to be the solutions they offer. Now, one thing that Kala does that I love is we are incredibly interested in who is changing the paradigm, who is changing the way things have always been done. What, what, who are these companies? They're, a lot, they're, they're new companies getting into the space. They don't have large marketing budgets a lot of the time, but we find that they're a breath of fresh air and they, and they fit in some regards. Mm-hmm. So bringing the, the, the new companies in and having them in our portfolio, along with the ones that are tried and true and have been here a long time, mm-hmm. is, is not something that a lot of companies are, are, have the, the bandwidth to do. And you know, frankly, if, if you have the the technical investment, it's it's just it's impossible to retrain all these engineers at, at a whim. When, when when suddenly there's a better way to do things, but we position our company to uh, adapt quickly and be nimble in that regard. Yeah, I I do feel like that is the the promise of the technology advisor. And you're right; like you go to the VARS website and you. You click on the partner uh, tab and you see two to five supplier logos because those are the ones they're certified with. Then you go to an advisor's and you see like hundreds. Um, that's every everyone that exists in the, the TSD portfolio. Um, I, any any tips, tricks of the trade that your team has learned in identifying those folks that exist in the TST line card. Cause I know that, yeah, as you said, there are small players that are, are just starting to sell in that model and they're, they're trying to gain mind share and say, Hey, Abkala, like, we'd love to do business with you. Like, is there a way that you've, um, is, is that just simply ha- having the, the in-house engineers on your team that can do the vetting? Yeah. So, so we, we we work through the TSDs, but we also work direct too. So we go out and form relationships with companies that aren't on the TSD docket. Well, quite frankly, if, if if we need them, if if we've heard, if we've heard good things about um, you know the, these these vendors, if we've found out another way, we have we have a team that focuses on the marketplace. Uh, that's where you know our, our role is not to get as deep as the, the vendors can get with, with, with their technology because they're experts. They, they know, they know the yeah. best. A lot of times with, 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 with VARs, it's, there's kind of a game of like hide, hide the OEM in, in some ways. So we, we let them focus on their technologies, but you know, we get deep enough to reduce the, the sales cycle of, of going through and having meetings, scheduling the meetings and making, having productive meetings, from what might be 60 hours over the course of six months to something like 15 hours over the course of three months. And it's that time savings and the cost savings of that that a lot of customers have, have found value in. I think I lost track of your original question because I wanted to say that before. <laughs> um, but what, well, that's it. I'm sorry, James. Could you... <laughs> no, that's it. That, that really is the interest I have is, is your you're scouring the market and, and looking oh, yeah. for those, those folks, the new um, ones. Yeah. And yeah. we, we rely a lot on the TSDs. So, mm-hmm. so they have the, their engineering team. Uh, I will bring in to, to calls a lot of times before I bring vendors in to assess the situation. 
and understand who is the best to introduce into these conversations. So they they are are the most familiar with who's new in the docket, who's new on on their their list, and they inform us in that regard. But we also have a team that's looking out and forming direct relationships all, all, all the time. Uh, we have I have customers that ask me if we work with this technology they used to have at their last company and uh, they don't have a way to procure it now. And if we don't have it, a lot of times we'll go out and build an agreement with this company mm -hmm. because we don't need to invest engineering hours and engineering personnel to understand that technology. I, I need to know enough mm -hmm. to solve a business problem. Yeah. When it comes to the, the APIs and the integrations, I will let the experts address those questions on, on these calls. And then a lot of times save time on calls because I'm going back and forth with these vendors with what the customer wants and narrowing out who it makes sense to even proceed with in the conversation. So, yes. So, yeah. Keith, I, I'm curious. I want to talk a little bit about uh, trends that you're seeing with customers out there. Um, what are some of those? Maybe how can partners take advantage of those? What trends? So, I mean, there's there's a two letter initialism that is going around everywhere, and it's uh, AI. Never heard everyone of it. is is wanting to, <laughs> you know, a lot of my calls today are, you know, outside of the traditional calls are how do I implement a generative large language model based on our data that's secure then how are all of our vendors implementing artificial intelligence, particularly the generative side? You know, what, what do their chatbots do? Understanding compliance is becoming a, a, a much larger conversation piece when it, in, in terms of, of where, where their data is being stored. Is their data being used to train other AI, you know, within, within a vendor? So these are terms that need to be discussed early on before proceeding a lot of the time. So uh, everyone's every it's, it's a guns race right now. I have a lot of conversations with customers saying they have their competition is, has developed this, uh, you know, a, a, a chat bot and, and they need to, they need to do one ASAP with, you know, pulling out all the red tape. And it's a little bit scary uh, to be honest, to be rushing into the, this revelation, this, this new development, it's, it's not even a year old uh, now. Yeah. Well, I mean, the generative, the compelling generative large language model that was open to the public in March 2022, 20, mm -hmm. excuse me, yeah, March 2023, I think, is when ChatGPT uh, you know, became public. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's an arms race to who can implement it the quickest. And that we all, we all know how that typically lands. Is there's a big, there's a significant reset after you've implemented something and realize um, my data is not as clear as I thought it was, uh -huh. or that did we talk to our cybersecurity insurance company about this, or uh, you know who, who who is this vendor that I'm I'm in I'm in bed with now and that just started doing AI? Do they really know what they're doing? Since this is so brand new to the marketplace. So there's a lot of questions, and I, I typically like to advise customers to we can we can move forward. Um, you know, we don't have to win the race; we just have to be the best when we get there at the finish line. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, that's 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 kind of the nuance this year. Uh, cybersecurity has been a conver conversation piece for the last few years in all in all kinds of regards, and, and that's an area we've been really helping because there's there's a million different cybersecurity vendors. They all do different things in different ways. So parsing that out, has been a, a tremendous task for us and, and our team. But now it's AI and now it's understanding how do we move the business forward safely and leverage the productivity offerings of, of some of these companies that are able to do that for us. That's great. Yeah, I was curious how often you're, you're suggesting like, let's hit the pause button because I, I am curious how much of that resetting is going to need to occur after this first year of implementations and whatnot. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I'm curious, uh, sort of asked the same question of you about trends wise, but uh, of kind of 
uh, up the chain to, to dis- distributors and suppliers that you work with. I know AI could be a trend there as well. Like anything you're seeing, anything um, that has Upcala wanting to make new investments in terms of what its vendor and TSD partners are doing? Well, the, so in terms of, you know, I think some of the best TSDs invest in their their portal and they help brokers or agents, technology advisors uh, differentiate uh, bet- between vendors. And, and artificial intelligence is going to have to be a, either a category or there's going to have to be some clarification on, on how that's tackled to help technology vendors make sense of it and, illust- and, and, and paint the picture to their customers, paint the picture to their relationships. I have been on uh, some compelling calls with some TSDs that have they have a kind of an introduction to AI, an, inter- an introduction to how to think about implementing artificial intelligence. This is all very new, so it's it's still it's still a new conversation, and everyone's getting getting used to it. But but th- those you know lo- those conversations have gone well. It's really a level setting call. Uh, mm-hmm. But the, the TSDs that are investing the time to understand how this is going to play out, and quite frankly, what their hundreds of vendors are doing in this space, because they all have their own idea about artificial intelligence. Uh, so it, it's it's a monumental task, but the TSDs that are able to wrap their head and and and, and, and build the, the portal suite, the advisory suite to help us in this area... I think they're going to come out on top this next year. Yeah, Love that, that prediction. Conversation is so fascinating uh, with AI for sure. Uh, Keith, last uh, non-serious question. Are you a big uh, hockey fan? Uh, <laughs> no. I grew up in a, in a small town in South Carolina. So the closest to hockey that I ever, ever got was on rollerblades in a cul-de-sac. Mm-hmm. Uh, every once in a while. So no, um, not not the biggest hockey fan. I would love to go out and play. It sounds like fun. Uh, yeah. But just quit a coincidence with the last name, I guess. However, right, it's spelled like the bird. So it's more of like the, I get yeah, there you stuff for Hawkeye, the, the superhero. Oh, Hawkeye. Yeah. Cool. We'll start yeah. asking you if you uh, have any connections to Iowa. I often tell James that my, uh, I wish my last name were football. So, you know, it's it's close. Well, we do call uh, yeah, you. Yeah. We do call you Mister <laughs> Football. So, because you, you like football a lot, uh, yeah, which is cool. That's... It's cool. Um, <laughs> well, Keith, um, got any got any uh, pluggables for us before we close? So, like, mention your mention. I mean, we mentioned your podcast, but I don't think we uh, got into yeah, it. Yeah, sure. If if you're a technology technology leader and you're making waves and 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 having an impact. Uh, Come talk to me because I host a, a po- I co-host a podcast with one of the founders of Alcala named the IT Matters Podcast, and we interview uh, technology leaders and uh, you know C-suite a lot of times on, on on what they're doing in the technology space and, and how they're making an impact on people, on technology, on process, and uh, yeah, come holler, I'm here. <laughs> Awesome. Check it out. Keith, thanks for your time today. Appreciate you joining us on our podcast. And, uh, you know, James, thanks for having care- me. James, be careful about going on in too many podcasts. All it's right. addicting. <laughs> yeah. All right, James, as always, great interview. Thanks for getting that one set up with Keith. Uh, he was a good sport uh, dealing with my hockey reference <laughs> there. And uh, also, it was good to talk with him about AI, a topic uh, that we're going to be talking with, I have a feeling, a lot of our guests about uh, this year. Yeah, Craig, that's the one you keep in your pocket and you, you give it to them because they expect to answer it, too, at this point, because their customers are asking them that and their yeah. partners are asking them that. So they should be pretty good at answering it. If they're not, then uh, we're going to get them whipped into shape so they know how to answer that to their uh, customers. Mm-hmm. Sure. Right. All right, James, uh, let's, uh, before we go, talk a little bit about the news of the day. I want to talk about some of the things that have been on the Channel Features website, things that you've been uh, working hard writing about, uh, different topics. So uh, what do you got for me today? What's, uh, what's of interest? Thanks for asking, Craig. Um, I wrote about Greg Prasky and Stephen Prasky retiring from their roles as CEO and president, respectively, at ARG. 
Uh, Greg in particular has was for 33 years the leader of that agency, that consultancy. And uh, as, I, as I learned in conversation with him, um, the, an architect in many ways or a co-architect of um, some of the groups and organizations that we've come to love in the channel. So had a lovely time catching up with him and detailing uh, what's what's next for ARG. They got a new CEO. They have some M&A plans. They have some um, sort of sales strategy, go to market plans. And that for me was uh, something on the uh, on the agent side that I particularly enjoyed writing about recently. Yeah, you love your agent friends for sure. So I enjoyed it because, you know, a lot of the times we get in a situation because we're a new site, as we say at the end of this podcast every time with the word flagship and, and all that sort of thing. Um, but we get caught up in all that because we've got uh, so much to cover news wise. Not to say this wasn't news, but it was a good feature, right? Of any uh, publication uh, that's uh, worth its salt has uh, some good features from time to time. And I think it was something that was really informative to our audience and, and a great. Uh, Great look at what they've done over the years and, and maybe gave some uh, up and coming uh, technology advisors a little advice too on uh, how to build their business. What do you think? Thanks, Craig. Thanks for, thanks for posting it. Well, you know, you did, you did put it in the content management system and you did all that work. <laughs> I figured, why not? <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Craig? Uh, what do you have, yeah, what do you have for you? Uh, so I'm interested, I've been following as, as most of our audience has, it's been the most uh, trafficked uh, topic on our website uh, the last, oh, at least the last couple months, and that's uh, Broadcom's acquisition of VMware. We haven't talked about it too much on the podcast, but obviously that's been a huge story with Broadcom eliminating the traditional VMware partner program. We've uh, published stories on some alternatives for uh, VMware partners who are not going to be able to join the Broadcom program if they're not invited, if they don't generate enough revenue. And, and the same thing for those who will be able to join the Broadcom partner program and taking a look at what that is. Uh, so it's just been, uh, you know, it's one of those things that Broadcom's taken a lot of heat, uh, maybe for not handling it so well. They have a, a tradition of of buying up a lot of companies for some big dollars and not uh, everything going necessarily as, as the channel would like. Um, you know, they've stripped some of these companies down to bare bones, particularly in the channel. And uh, ultimately it uh, has worked out for them uh, financially and, and they've built up a big company, but uh, there've been those concerns out there and we've definitely put those out there uh, for our audience to see. Yeah, Craig, it's, we always, when we interview these folks, we ask them what the channel implications are of an acquisition and, oh golly, it's, uh, it was a landmark amount of impact on the channel this time around. That's the ripples are extend beyond just the, the traditional resellers and MSPs that we're working with, with um, VMware. And in my world, it's impacting the, the, the telecom carriers that are, mm -hmm. that are selling VMware SD-WAN. And then the agents that sell that carrier managed VMware SD-WAN so it impacts everybody and yeah so and as, as reporters we all get to look at it to tackle from so many different angles there's like the technology partner angle the sales partner angle the service partner angle so much Craig so much um so it's it's the kind of not great gift that keeps on giving from an editorial perspective because you can just continue to explore the impact of that it's felt so widely yeah so many angles uh the telco side of it is uh, the one i hadn't really thought of except you probably wrote about it for the website and i didn't pay that much attention yeah maybe a little story that's <laughs> <laughs> just a little one all right james uh let's just discuss briefly uh, before we go uh what's coming up on the podcast uh, we actually surprisingly have some things planned out <laughs> we can discuss uh, we'll be talking more about the uh, MSP 501. Of course, the application for that opens up on February 1st. That's coming up soon. Uh, we've got a podcast coming up uh, oh next month sometime once uh, that application opens with uh, Debbie Kane from our research team at Omdia who works closely with us. She's going to talk a little bit about the application and uh, 
the MSP501 going forward. We're also going to be talking a lot about our channel influencers uh, for 2024. That uh, digital issue will go live on February 20th. That's when we will introduce all of our influencers for the year. There are 50 in all. And of course, we select two of those to be our influencers of the year. So it's going to be it's going to be very interesting. I think our audience oh, will yes. see that. Yeah. Finger tappingly exciting. Yes, it's like a Mr. Burns excellent. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, then uh, in between all that, our, our next podcast, we're going to have Catherine Rose and Amy Bailey. They recently uh, formed the Channel Marketing Association new group. We're going to find out what they're all about. And they've got a survey out there uh, on salaries, James. I don't know if they're going to be comparing salaries for senior news editors in the channel but they will be uh, for other folks who actually make a living in the channel. It's going to be really interesting to see. I know they've gotten hundreds of responses uh, to that survey. So we're going to work with them on comparing and contrasting and, and sort of putting that data yeah. together and going to have a chance to put some of that out on, on channel features. So that's going to be pretty cool. Very cool, Craig. Nice scoop there. Yeah. All right. If you'd like to check out the archive of Coffee with Craig and James, you can... Get that just about anywhere you get your podcasts. We, of course, encourage you to check us out on video on Vimeo.com. You can see both the video and hear the audio. Where, James? On our flagship news site. There it is. Channelfeatures.com. Thank you for joining us once again, and we'll catch you again next time. Keep Keep on best behavior, everybody. Never know who's watching. Hopefully someone. Hopefully. Oh, I hope so. Mm -hmm.